When Trust Business Lunchtime, John Williams here with Terry Savage, the syndicated financial columnist at terrysavage.com. Hi, Terry. Welcome back. Good to be with you. So um, let's uh, not do this for the full hour, but as good as a lot of the economic indicators are, and Michael Miller yesterday, who is nobody's liberal economist, went on at some length yesterday to say that the economy is actually doing pretty well, and but for the sting of some grocery items, people should know that pretty much it's going as well as it can. But you wanted to talk a little bit about that today too, right? Yeah, there's tons of good news, John, and and boy, it's and it's real good news. Um, the stock market making new all-time highs almost every day. The S and P, the Dow, um, the Michigan Consumer Confidence, the Sentiment Index jumped really dramatically to 78.8 from 69.7 in December. I mean, maybe that's because of the stock market, or maybe people are buying stocks because they feel confident. It's a, The index is now at its highest level since January 2021. Um, GDP, you know, the economy, you need two negative quarters to make a recession. Well, it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. Um, unemployment is low. And the the real big news is, okay, when's the Fed going to cut interest rates? They seem to be clear that they're over-raising them. So, and that, of course, is making the stock market, oh my goodness, all the money's going to come out of money market funds when, and the T-bills that we got you into when rates drop. And so that's sitting on the sidelines, very bullish. And I think that's pretty much the argument uh, that Dr. Bob made when he was with us. Was that last week or two weeks ago? Couple. Talk, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, uh, predicting Dow 44,000. The so, thing that bothered me about his was his number of rate, um, the number of times the Fed is going to lower the rate. Nobody is talking like that. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Let me lead you right into, oh, was that a setup? Let me lead you right into, Jim, I, what triggered my latest column, which I've just posted at terrysavage.com, it'll go into syndication later this week, but I knew we were going to talk, was a newsletter from, if you remember, my good buddy Jim Stack of Investec, whose letter I've been following must be almost 40 years. And if there's anybody, I mean, I love Dr. Bob, and I, but I've been following Jim and his been so correct at all the turns when everything is rosy he's the one that points out the bad signs and i also remember him at the market bottom I think it was 2008 2009 at a conference saying you've just seen the bottom like this week and sure enough he was right so in his latest newsletter you're talking about interest rate cuts wouldn't that be bullish for the stock market no i don't think so um let's just go back to the two most recent memorable bear markets, 2000, when the dot-com tech bubble burst, and then 2006, 2007, 2008, when the, uh, the financial crisis came around mortgages. Now, during the unwinding of the 2000 dot-com tech bubble, the Fed started cutting rates just immediately as soon as the market started falling. This all according to Jim's research. He's great. He notes the Fed cut the discount rate 11 consecutive times during the subsequent two and a half year bear market. However, the market still fell 50%. And in 2007, the Fed's first rate cut came actually just before the top of the bull market in October of that year. 
And then you remember the horrible housing bubble deflating and slowing down the economy. The Fed cut the discount rate nine times and the market was down 48%. So the fact that rate cuts might be coming and a whole bunch of them might be coming first because they think inflation's under control and maybe second because the economy slows that does not mean that the stock market has to go up mm -hmm. that's the point okay but i you know here's what bothers me about that terry well then why did the market tank in 2007 and 8 and 9 what what happened then and if the reduction in uh the fed rate uh did not alleviate that, well, then what was the reason for that? And and is that reason in place today? And I don't think that those factors are. I'm going to give you just one answer. And I've been through now a bunch of bear markets in my lifetime. I saw one in 69, 70, and 72, 73, and 80, 81, 82, and 87. It was brief. Uh, um, and of course, the 2000 and 2007. What, in hindsight, the one thing I could say, people wave their technical indicators, the internal this and the breadth and the, forget that. What I, in hindsight, what they all have in common is everybody was so happy and so excited and thought things were really terrific before the sentiment turned and there was a rush to the exits. I, I know that smarter people than I and people that are technicians will come up with indicators. Jim has got a whole bunch of them, the, the advanced decline line and the this and the that. But basically, bear markets happen for different triggers, but they typically happen when everybody is doing the hallelujah dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all I know for sure. I know that for sure. Okay. Terry, we've got questions um, from our listeners online and on the phone. What else do you want to say before we go to them? Yeah, let me just close out that discussion with something I was thinking about during the commercial break that I really should add. Um, there's an old saying that markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent, so never fight the market. There is a great deal of truth that even when people recognize in the old words, the folly of it all, the market can continue on its trend far longer. And it's never wise to step in front of an oncoming freight train. So I remember in 2000, uh, speaking a lot during those days saying, whoa, the ratio of the market cap to GDP, that's Warren Buffett's indicator, is off the, off the charts. I just looked up the chart. We are way above that now. Um, the fact is both Bob, Dr. Bob, who is very bullish, and Jim Stack, who issues a warning that rate cuts won't save the market, could be right, just in turn. Maybe Dr. Bob gets to take a ring, you know, a trip around the ring uh, to the cheers and applause when the market does get much higher. Um, you know, over the long run, my comment is always, you never have to beat the market, just be there. The S&P 500 will be fine. And look, despite everything that's gone on in our last 20, 30, 40 years, any of us have been investing, we're at all-time highs. Yeah. So who can fight that? That's America. I looked that up, too, during the break, October 9th, 2007. Boy, I just remember these dark days. The market was falling. Started about then. It was at 14,001. That's October 9th, 2007. And by March 9th, 2009, a little more than two years later, it had gone from 14,001 to 7,600. 
53 percent. I used to keep that taped on my wall. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, those are scary times, and inevitably that'll happen again sometime. And don't, just don't think the Fed's going to be able to save it, whatever triggers it, by cutting interest rates. Because right, but but, that the, hasn't worked I, in but the I past. think what he, I hope people aren't hearing or you aren't saying. Therefore, it won't be saved or it won't go well here. That in fact we're in for a bear market when I think people are poised right now for a bullish market. I mean, maybe these. Well, go ahead. <laughs> You have to read the rest of Jim's letter. You started out talking about stocks. But here's one thing interesting, and I point this out in my column, so you can read it at terrysavage.com. He said that the past predictions of a soft landing have always been so wrong. He says there have been more media mentions of a soft landing in the past 24 months than the previous two recessionary periods combined, those ones around 2000 and around 2006. And those both led to stock market declines. And he specifically, he he cuts and pastes the headline. And in in 2007, February, the Fed chairman, Ben Bernanke, said the economy's heading for a soft landing. (laughs) And a few weeks later, San Francisco Fed president, who was at that time Janet Yellen, said, quote, the economy's on a glide path to the proverbial soft landing. Well, you saw her speaking now as Treasury Secretary, just announced two weeks ago. Yellen declares U.S. economy has achieved soft landing, says the Bloomberg headline. So, you know, that's why the market meets to disagree, the bulls and the bears. I've never, ever been right. I've never tried to call markets. I believe in the long-term growth of the American economy and thus the stock market. But we had such a great year last year with the S&P up 44%. That means we got back the losses of 2022. And for those who are now in retirement and thinking the market can only go up, this is just a cautionary note. You've made some money back. Um, Maybe time for chicken money, even if rates dip a little, because you don't want to be starting to do your withdrawals when the market's down, if it is, during your retirement period. Here's questions for Terry Savage. John, I just want to say I appreciate Terry Savage. I texted her Friday with a question I was very concerned about. Monday, I got an answer that completely eased my mind. And 773 says, Terry, does it make sense to transfer your balance and get a year with no interest on your credit card? Oh, you know, that's kind of a fraught question because if you don't pay off your balance at the end of that zero interest rate year, you are going to watch that credit card rate jump up to 29%, 32%. And there's a tendency to say, okay, I've transferred my balance. I'll charge a little on my old card. And I'm, yeah, I'll make some payments on the new card. But the real cost is amazing. Let me just find, I got a report just um, today or yesterday from LendingTree. And this shocked me. More than half of the balance transfer credit cards with zero APRs charge a balance transfer fee of 4 or 5%. That's up 47% from a year ago. Um, some Wait a minute. If I charge, have a credit card and you yeah. have a zero, balance, uh, zero interest card for a year, I transfer... Right, but you, you owe, you owe $7,000. You're going to pay 4 times 7, you know, Two hundred and eighty bucks for the privilege of to, moving it over. For the privilege. Okay, I didn't know of that. just moving I, it. So I, that really that adds to the balance that you're going to have to pay off. That's how they make money. You see. I, um, and and by the way, it's not so easy to transfer a balance anymore. Um, today you need um, 
good credit card lending okay, treatment. Okay, but it's an answer also be, that, uh, but it says, does it make sense to transfer your balance and get a year with no interest on your credit card? Uh, it, this is also a correct answer, right? Um, yes, if you will pay it off. Or if you the won't, if you, absolutely. If, if you won't, and if you won't charge more on, on your old card, card, which is empty now. And by the way, if you do want a balance transfer fee, I'm searching this report, it says go to a credit union. Lending Tree says we've only found five cards that don't charge a balance transfer fee, and all of them were offered by credit unions. Hmm. Okay, 312-981-7200. Um, I got a minute and a half here. I think we can handle this. Mike, you're on WGM. What can we do for you? Good afternoon. I got a question regarding my Social Security. Um, I'm a retired firefighter. And when I go to the Social Security webpage that shows me a dollar amount that I'll receive, now has the two-thirds been deducted from that amount or I have to take out two-thirds of the amount that I see there? I want you, you know, it's very hard to tell. Are you, you're retired now, so you're already receiving Social Security or are you just about no, to apply? No, I'm only 60 and I'm going to take your advice and hold off until I'm 70, okay. I hope. Okay, well, you will have an offset. If the offset still continues, there's a move to do away with that. This is just a forecast. Because they don't know the amount of your pension or that you're going to get a pension, that forecast is before the WEP, the Windfall Elimination Provision Offset, if you're that young. They don't know about your pension, but they will the so minute you start taking it. I'm receiving a pension now, though. No, but, they, but you are receiving or not? Yes. Okay, but they don't know that. They, don't, they have okay. no way of knowing that. That's how Social Security got so messed up. The IRS should be sending 1099s. Okay, Tom, the firefighter, is uh, receiving in what are $800, $1,500 a month. And then their projections could include that. Even when you do go to take Social Security, unless they fix it in the next 10 years, which Larry Kotlikoff and I are trying to get done, um, there's no way that Social Security will know that you are getting a pension, unless you go in and tell them, and they might write it down wrong, and that's been the cause of so many of these clawbacks. But uh, the, the answer then for you, uh, Mike, is that the amount that they're projecting is a safe projection right now. They're not going to discount no. it. No, no, no. They, unless something changes, you will have an offset on the amount that they are projecting oh, now. Oh, I thought you just said they that they know. wouldn't know oh. how much his pension yeah, was. Yeah, but when it comes time for you to collect, They'll have their, God, we're going to hopefully save Social Security over the next 10 years. So hopefully, the IRS will be sending them a, you know, a copy of the 1099 uh, that you get saying, yes, he's getting a pension. And hopefully, Social Security will know that automatically. And if the WEP is still in effect in 10 years, which if I were a betting person, I'd say it will not be. Uh, it'll be changed as part of whatever they fix Social Security with. Then your Social Security will be reduced. So if you're looking at the numbers on their estimator today, no, that does not include the potential offset for your public service pension. Does Terry think it makes sense to transfer money from my traditional IRA into my Roth IRA? If so, how much would be a good idea to transfer? Well, that's a tough question to answer, and that's why you need a financial planner, not a salesperson, not a broker, who can look at your entire picture. Because the first thing is that when you do that, it's not a transfer, it's a conversion. You immediately have to pay taxes on the amount you convert. And you're better off if you have money outside of the IRA to pay those taxes. And then the additional taxes 
might push you into a high enough bracket that it could impact the premiums you pay if you're retired for Medicare Part B and Part D. So why would you do that now? Well, maybe because you think tax rates are going to soar in the future. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have any insight into that, so that you'd want to pay at current low rates. But will you be in a higher tax bracket when you're retired? Probably not, unless you've got a lot of income-producing investments. So this is something that you, you need someone to look not only at your taxes, but your income projections during retirement. And I'm not doing a commercial for WealthRamp.com, but that's where you can find and get matched with fee only. In other words, no commissions, anytime, anything. Fiduciary, your interest first, financial advisors. So they're in a carefully vetted list. I'm so delighted to be able to refer to that because Pam Kruger, who started it, and I are just absolutely in sync about the idea that there's a moment a big moment now is people retire with 401ks that are huge and they think, well, you know, I better take this out of the company plan because there are no safe investments. They're for younger kids. It's growing their money. And there's an army of financial people trying to tell them, oh, yeah, do this. Do an annuity. Do that. We do this kind of fund. I'll be there for you. I'll only charge you 1% a year. Right. That's not what you want. You want a fee-only fiduciary who will give you advice, and advice that's not just about, oh, you've got 329000 I can handle that for you, but about, okay, let's figure out what your sources of income will be in retirement, what your Social Security will be. Do you have any pensions? That's a big picture thing. Hello, could you ask Terry what she thinks about income annuities? What are the pros and cons? Mm. If it's being sold to you, don't do it. I'm going to do another podcast with Stan, the annuity man. We're trying to figure out a date to do this. Part of what the attraction of the, for these salespeople is, and you'll never run out of money, but there are some, some serious drawbacks, uh, and it depends on the annuity. So I'm going to hold my powder on that and write a column coming up in the next week or two. I love but if someone is selling it to you, you know how when you go to the airport and they say, if someone is offering you a ride, you shouldn't. You yeah, shouldn't be, yeah, they shouldn't yeah. be asking. If someone is telling you to buy an annuity, 90% odds are you shouldn't be buying. Okay, I, I hear you, Terry. <laughs> I hear you. But does that mean all annuities are a bad idea? No, absolutely not. Okay, okay. Uh, there, there, there are annuities that work like CDs. Yep. Uh, as Dan says, some, some annuities you want to date and very few annuities you want to marry. So it depends on your need <laughs> and your own situation. Okay. And I promise you I'm going to update my annuities column in the next week or two. 217 said, I love Terry Savage, but she must revisit Medicare Advantage. I have Humana, no payment except regular Medicare. I just got a $320 bill for a $98,000 hip replacement. That's all I owe, $320. Well, let me tell you that I'm about to revisit that with some news. Da, 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 da. Who was this that was just called out? Um, let me see if I could find that. That's okay. This if you is can. from Diane Archer's blog, but I have a bunch of stuff. You know, there's a three month period now till March 31st that lets you switch back to traditional Medicare. And I'm going to write the next column about how. Medicare Advantage plans are taking advantage of Medicare and going to spoil it for everybody. It's, I'm glad you your plan paid everything and you had no out-of-pocket. 
If you had Medicare and a supplement, that would have probably been the same result. I'm glad, said the woman who wrote, that you were able to go to the surgeon of your choice and the hospital of your choice. I think that choice is going to diminish in the years ahead as the profits get squeezed and as the government starts looking more closely at the billing of these plans. So that's not where I want to be 10 years from now. Today it might work fine, but hopefully you're going to be around 10 more years and that's when the the illnesses or the things will come and you're going to want your choice. I'm not changing my mind about if you can afford traditional Medicare. Even the lowest cost supplement will in the end be longer, be, be more helpful than the Medicare Advantage plan. That's a Terry Savage. Okay, how about this? 708, at what age does my Social Security account stop accumulating earnings? Oh, at no age, as long as you're still oh, working. Yeah. yeah, no, no, even if you're already collecting. Now, they'll adjust every year uh, depending on whether your current earnings are higher and replacing lower earning years. Terry, what do you think of REITs, uh, R-E-I-T, the Real Estate Mm -hmm. Investment Trust, right? Especially ones that give you a monthly income. Well, something interesting. I mean, I wrote the very first, I won't tell you how many years ago. Well, I will tell you. It's like in 1969 or 70. The very first research report on real estate investment trusts ever. I was a young stockbroker. I discovered them. It was fabulous. In fact, the Kennedy family basically invented them, that you put real estate in there and you pass 90% of the income through to the shareholders. But all REITs are not alike. First of all, the REITs that invest in hotels, I mean, literally collapsed during the pandemic. The REITs that have invested in, in uh, not office, but offices, REITs have collapsed. The REITs that have invested in industrial properties mm-hmm. or in uh, distribution centers have done very well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you have to know which REIT you're in and what the terms of it are. Okay. Uh, and then they kick out a monthly income, so that's the attraction? Yeah, the, the attraction of it is it's just a pass-through, really, that all the rents they collect, 90% of it must go out to you in dividends. But if the rents they collect go down, like who wants to own... I mean, if you had bought an office building REIT in 2019, (laughs) you know, and now the office buildings are in general, you know, half full. And you've seen the headlines of buildings in Chicago being sold for a fraction of what their mortgages were just four or five years ago. So the value of the asset has dropped and the income has dropped because no one's in there paying rent. That was a real loser. Yeah, I wonder, okay, so really it does matter then because office space oh, yeah. is bad right now and those warehouses that you see along the highway are everything, those distribution centers. They right. can't build those fast enough. I could get a REIT that specifically targeted those distribution centers along I-80. Oh, well, not just in that area because most REITs are nationwide example, investment yeah. firms. Yeah. But yeah, there are different categories of real estate. In fact, I'm trying to remember. Give me a second while we go to commercial, and I'll give you the website All right. for, I, it, it's not NAREIT, but I think it is N-A-R-E-I-T.com. I don't think if I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. go to NAREIT, N-A-R-E-I-T.com. Actually, they've changed their URL in the years since I've bothered to look. It's just go to REIT, R-E-I-T.com, and you'll learn 
everything about what is a REIT, how to invest, the different kinds, REIT.com. That's Terry Savage. And then speaking of websites, hey, Terry, what's the website for finding a fiduciary agent again? Terry answered that after we do a little business. And we'll start with Steve Grzanich. Start your timer. It's time for the Wintrust Business Minute, sharing Chicago's business news of the day. A new report says Boeing mechanics might be responsible for a door panel that blew off an Alaska Airlines flight earlier this month, not the subcontractor that originally installed the part. The Seattle Times says Boeing mechanics on the 737 MAX 9 assembly line removed the panel for a repair task and then reinstalled it improperly. An earlier report suggested subcontractor Spirit Aerosystems might have been responsible. Investigators are looking into the possibility that the bolts holding the door panel in place were installed improperly or missing altogether. Semifinalists have been named for the 2024 James Beard Foundation Awards. 17 Chicago entries are on the list. Among the semifinalists are the Duck Inn of Bridgeport for Outstanding Restaurant, Lula Cafe in Logan Square for Outstanding Hospitality, and Atelier in Lincoln Square for Best New Restaurant. The James Beard Foundation Awards are akin to the Academy Awards, but for food, nominees will be announced April 3rd and winners will be named in June. The ceremony will be held at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. I'm Steve Grzanich, and that's your Trust Business Minute. Business of food time now. This is Steve Alexander. Thank you, and here we are, January 24th. It is a big day. Happy National Peanut Butter Day. <laughs> are you celebrating today? I celebrate with peanut butter more often than I should admit. <laughs> she is an expert on whether peanut butter is good for you or not, and she'll be back after I thank the Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com for sponsoring us today. Oh, and she'll talk about Elvis, too. There has never been a better time to put a Silverado in your toolbox. On the phone? Courtney Shuck. Registered Dietitian at the University of Chicago. And as we celebrate National Peanut Butter Day today, should we be? I think all foods have pros and cons. Okay, well, let's talk about the pros. Peanut butter is a great source of healthy fats, but fats do have more calories per gram. But within those calories, you also get not only those healthy fats, you get fiber, which is good for digestive health. It's been shown to be beneficial for blood sugar control. And then it also does contain a good variety of vitamins and minerals as well as some protein but beware the brands that mix in a lot of stuff other than peanuts you can come across peanut butter that contains hydrogenated oils and palm oils and added sugars Um, but you can also find nut butters where the only ingredient is peanuts sometimes it's peanuts and salt and those would be the preferred options but even with those moderation is key you might notice that a serving of peanut butter which is two tablespoons and if you've ever measured out two tablespoons it's not very large so if you're actually eating two or three servings it can run you 400 plus calories of just nut butter and if just plain old peanut butter meaning just peanuts and maybe some salt isn't sweet enough for you it is a palate adjustment that's for sure so adding something like a sprinkle of cinnamon is a great way to bring out like a natural sweetness in something okay only two tablespoons at a time no added sugars and oils and other things and don't even think about going all elvis He did peanut butter and banana on a burger. And I know many people that are very into it. I think it also has bacon on it. (laughs) I personally have not tried it, but I do have some family members that order it. (laughs) Registered dietitian Courtney Shuckman of the University of Chicago. I'm Steve Alexander, and that's the business of food on 720 WGN. Terry Savage, you still there? I sure am. Got about five more minutes for uh, more questions from our listeners. Can you take this one, Terry? I'm buying a riding mower this spring. 
<laughs> what do I know about this? Right, right away. But what, wait. What, what do I know? <laughs> I, I know. I thought, why are you calling this? <laughs> what are those credit cards with the zero balance transfer fees again? They're going to buy the riding mower with a zero balance transfer credit card. No, no, no you're not. Um, just buy, buy it with your regular credit card and make at least the minimum monthly payment or twice that if you can't. You don't, you, you get the zero interest card by transferring an existing balance. Right. And um, you can okay. find those. Well, so maybe he's going to put it on his credit card that's currently charging him 25%. Oh, and then and transfer, transfer it and pay it, it off. Okay, balance. go to bankrate.com, bankrate.com, and you'll see mortgages, savings rates, and so forth. Do credit cards, then do uh, on that menu, click on balance transfer cards, and they'll give you the five best deals on a balance transfer card. What is the website for finding a fiduciary again? WealthRamp, W-E-A-L-T-H-R-A-M-P.com. WealthRamp.com. Terry, full Social Security retirement age for Americans born uh, 1960 and later is 67. Why hasn't Medicare eligibility changed to 67? Also, why can't I continue to pay into an HSA? I think we offered this one last week, didn't we? Yeah, we My did. retirement age is 67, yeah. So yeah, the, what's the cannot. nutshell answer we, to that? The answer is, it is what it is, and people who are 65 and out of work, are, I mean, are retired but not taking Social Security are very glad to get Medicare, and um, you can no longer, even if you are working, contribute to an HSA once you are uh, enrolled, in, once you're in, eligible for Medicare Part A, 65. Terry, I turned 70 in February, uh, may apply for Social Security now, and ask that the start date is February 2024, or do I have to wait until my actual birth date? I'm interested no, no, in getting no. do, the maximum amount. Uh-uh. Do that a month before. Apply, and make sure that you put clearly in there you want it to start. It will start the month after the month in which you turn 70. Okay, so apply the month before your birthday. Yep, and make it clear that you want it to start in March. Our phone number is 312-981-7200. Terry, I've got a part-time job. I'm in my 70s. The company offers 401k and or Roths. Uh, which should I put my money towards? If they're matching you in the 401k, by all means, take the 401k. If it's a Roth 401k, that, which is around now, and they still match you, probably you don't need the t tax deduction right now, so probably you would take the Roth version of it. The idea with the Roth, right, is just you're guessing our interest rate's going to be higher later than they are tax now. Rates. Ta tax rates. Tax yeah. rates higher later than they are now. What you really want to do, it's been interesting. People who started in IRAs, they've been going for now for 40 years at least. Uh, I mean, in 401ks, suddenly have realized that even doing that smart investing, just being in that fund, has given them a real hunk of money. That's all pre-tax money. And your after-tax savings, uh, you can use without paying you know, it's after tax. You can use without paying any taxes. And the idea is to get, have a balance of it so that pulling money out of your retirement account that's a traditional retirement account right. costs you taxes, moves you into a tax bracket, impacts your Medicare premiums and so forth. So it's just balancing. But And it is. I mean, in the old days, we used to say, well, when you're retired, you'll be in a lower rate. So keep saving in, in a your lower traditional bracket. account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're but we don't know what's going to happen. But you're, but you're uh, right. You don't know what the, bracket, uh, what the tax brackets are going to be, but you can guess that your income is going to be lower in retirement. It, for most people, it is. Uh, right. And therefore, if you're throwing off more cash in retire less cash in retirement, 
um, better to be no, because the tax rate is really what matters, regardless of how That's much. That's what going. matters, and it matters at the time you have to withdraw. And you know, look, we're let's end this where we started. We've been in an incredible bull market. We are at all time highs. The value of your retirement savings should be at all time highs. It should shock you how well you've done when you didn't think you were a genius. It shocks me. Um just by eating my own cooking, you know, putting the money in there every year and just sticking with the S&P right. 500. Uh, one last question if we do so it fast. your taxes will be more. Phil, you're on WGM with Terry Savage. How can we help you, Phil? Yeah, uh, Terry, quick question. How does a fiduciary get paid? A fee. And you want, some fiduciaries are not fee only. You want someone who will sit down with you for a fee. The first meeting should be free. First, you'll talk over the phone. This what is, is me. I'm retiring. Da, what, da, what, da, da, da. what do I? Am I paying less than a thousand dollars for this advice? No, it depends on your situation. Most of I, they're very busy. The planners that are part of the wealth ramp network, as you can imagine, I you, you may have the first meeting free and then agree that this is what needs doing. They'll supervise this. They'll help you with your your um, estate planning. Mm-hmm. They have tax people. They'll help you do your RMDs and so forth. And you may pay a couple thousand dollars a year but at least you know they're giving you best advice it may, it may even be more than that per year but is it a contractual thing like yeah I... it's a contractual deal right okay. and you can walk away anytime but they're ah. not selling you stuff and getting kickbacks or commissions or you know all those trips to hawaii right. they're not doing any of that Phil, and they're not question. only just not looking at your investments let me say this but your entire financial picture terry let's do this again next wednesday I hope so. That's Terry Savage. You can read her and reach her at terrysavage.com.